Alrighty. Hello everybody, how you doing? This is a session three of the Galatians study and we're gonna get going here just about two minutes. I usually like to come on just a little bit early and say, hey, be sure you're there. I'm gonna push a button over here and we'll go. Okay. All right, guys, so let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know that you're here and listening. Denica is here with me and not with me here, but with me as far as on Facebook. And she's there, guys, to answer questions, to talk to you, to say hello, whatever it is. So go ahead and let us know that you're here. Um, and if this is your first time, maybe let us know it's your first one or if you've been able to attend all of them or at least listen to them, let us know that. So we're just um, so excited about technology that we can do this. It's like we're all in a way sitting together. I think it'd be more fun if we were actually sitting around a table. Um, as I wait for it to kind of hit 8.30 here, I'll just say I'm reading this book and it's called Bread and Wine. And it's all about just kind of the love and the things that happen around a table. So in my heart, I wish we were actually sitting around a table. I wish I could make a meal for you. We could sit and I could hear from you and you know, get to know you. But for right now, this is what we've got. So I am thankful that I can still get a chance to um, hear from you. So feel free to comment ask questions. You can do that during it. I'll go back and check after the fact. So if you all of a sudden come up with something, you can put a comment there um, or you can email me. All right. It's Michelle at faithfulworkouts.com. So you can email me anytime and ask questions and we can go a little bit deeper into this study. Not that I have all the answers by any means, but I can um, try to give you the best I can in an answer or reach out to, to someone else. I am very, very fortunate that I have a husband and a son who are also really knowledgeable in the Bible. Not that you aren't, Denica. You are very knowledgeable too. So is Quinn, my other son, but my son, Neil, studied, um, he has a biblical studies degree, so it's always kind of fun to go to him and ask him questions and make sure that I'm just really, you know, on the right course here. So I think it's time, right? 8.30, we're ready to get started. And again, love to hear from you, Denica. Anytime you need to, just send me a text. I've got my computer here, guys, so that I can kind of interact as well and um, all that. So we're gonna dig in. And we are on Galatians, and it's chapters five and six now. And in case you haven't been involved in some of the last studies we've been doing, we've, this is our third one. The first week we studied chapters one and two, and then on to three and four in the next week. And just to review some of the kind of the big points from those first four chapters, probably the biggest message is this guy. So you have to understand Paul, who used to be this guy named Saul, who hated Christians, he has this unbelievable interaction with Jesus as he is actually on a journey to try to persecute more Christians and he interacts with Jesus. His whole life is radically changed and because of his interaction with Jesus, um, he starts to live very, very differently. And his passion is to share the gospel message, the true gospel message, the pure gospel message with people. And he feels like God is really calling him to go to the Gentiles. So these are the non-Jews in the time and he is preaching to them the gospel message. And what happens is there's these churches in an area called Galatia. And these churches are starting to get some wrong messages, some false messages from people called mainly these Judaizers, hard word to say, Judaizers, who are saying that, yes, 
it does, you do need to believe in what Jesus did on the cross in order to be saved. But you also have to follow the Jewish laws. You have to get circumcised and all that. So they're saying faith in Jesus is important, but it's not enough. You have to follow the law as well. And this is the letter that Paul is writing to these churches saying, that's wrong. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to follow the law to be saved. Jesus came to save and rescue us. And it's when you believe that, that you're saved. Okay, he's not saying though that you can go off and live any way you want. He says that when you're saved and you understand just how amazing it is what God has done for you, that then should lead for, to a change behavior. But it's no longer the law, which the law is what God gave to Moses. Here's, you know, the things you have to live by, the do's and don'ts. It's not the law that you need to, you need to follow in order to be saved. The law had one purpose, which was to prove that we can't do it all right, right? Anyone agree with me out there? We cannot do it all right. We mess up, and that was what the law was to show us. Here's all these rules. We can't follow them. No one can do this perfectly. In order then for us to be saved, we need someone to kind of step in and cover our sins, and that's where Jesus came in. So we believe that Jesus died on a cross, we do try to repent and turn from what we're doing, but it's that believing in what he did on the cross that saves us. That's the biggest part of the message. Any part of that not makes sense, just pop up a question, guys. Ask me those, you know, anything, and we'll get back to it later. So I want to move on to um, chapter 5 because there's a lot in chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 is actually one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. I just feel like it's so true. And my heart just goes, I get this. And thank you for putting this God into the Bible so that I could hear from you specifically on this topic. But there's three main points that I want to get across right um, during from Galatians 5. One is just how exactly does Christ set us free? What does that even mean? that we can find freedom in Christ. And I've been asked this by people in the past, so I'm excited to just address it with you guys. So that's the first point. Second point is why do we still struggle with this? Like, so after we realize we're set free, and this is how we're set free, why do we continually struggle with remaining free, with staying free? Okay, we're gonna talk about that. What's the struggle? And then three is, how do we then break free from the struggle and really live continually in this place of freedom? All right, and so that might sound like, what is she talking about? But I wanted to just set that scene for you so you can see what's coming up, and I'm gonna dig deep, and I'm gonna back this up, guys, all with the scriptures from Galatians 5 and bring in a couple other points from other um, chapters and some quotes and all of that. Um, so I wanna start off with just in Galatians 5, chapter one, it starts right off with, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. All right? So it is for freedom that Christ set us free. You can see freedom and being free is a big thing, right? That's what he's saying. Like Christ, this is what he's come to do. He has come to set you free. And then stand firm and don't go back to that yoke of slavery. All right? So that's, a, I want to start with that first. And here's something you have to know that you can't leave your, you lose your salvation, it says. Once you're saved, you're always saved. If you completely turn your back, most likely you had never really believed that message deeply in your heart. So you can't lose your salvation, but you can lose freedom, this feeling of being free. 
all right? So what are we trying to be free from, first of all? What do you guys, I mean, what do you think it is? What are you trying to be set free from? And as I sat and kind of meditated on that question for a while, like, why do I want Christ to set me free? What is something that I feel like I'm kind of held in slavery to in the past or currently held in slavery to? And I don't know, do any of these kind of touch you? The, the need for perfectionism. You, you strive to do it perfect. And if I can't do it perfect, I'm going to beat myself up. Maybe that's something we need to be set free from. Guilt and shame of the things that we've done in our past. I think a big one is we need to be set free from people-pleasing, worry. These are all these things that can really hold us back from really living. And the truth is, if you look at the root of so many of, the, of those things, the real thing that we're kind of held captive to is fear. You know, the, the perfectionism. The, the fear is probably, what will people think of me if I don't do this right? You know, I, I need to be the best there is um, and all that. And people-pleasing is definitely rooted in fear. What will, you know, what's everybody going to think of me? Worry, obviously, is rooted in fear. And so for a lot of us, what we really need to be set free from is fear. And here's the thing, guys. When Christ says he came to set us free, it, I really do believe it was from the, the free from that, that fear that holds us back from really living because so often in the Bible, what do we hear? Fear not. Do not be afraid. You know, cast all your worries on me. He wants us to live fully. He wants us to live with, you know, just this freedom. And, and fear, you cannot when you have fear all the time. What about you? Can you think of anything right now where you need to be set free from a fear of something? Fear of what will happen to my children. I mean, all these things, there's just this fear. And I just think that that is such a huge thing. If you want to really live, you need to somehow address fear in your life. All right, so how does, how does Jesus help us with that fear or that freedom? When you realize that it's not by your actions that you're saved, that is so freeing. I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to worry what people think of me and all that because... God loves me as I am, and he doesn't care. I mean, yes, you, you, he, of course, cares what you do, but it's not like he's going to love you more or less by what you do. And I just think that's freedom. It's hard to, I think, kind of put into words. But I hope this is kind of touching in you somehow that, yeah, I, I'm tired of being held back from these worries or fears or people or perfection, all these different things. And so the more that you come to know God and the more that you trust him, the more that you can live in freedom. So that, to me, that's, I guess, you know, how, how God sets me, how Jesus sets me free. But it is, it's a battle, right? That freedom, because I mean, he, he says, don't go back to that yoke of slavery. And I love when he says the words, stand firm. If you look kind of at like the Greek meaning of that word, it's a military word, meaning keeping alert, being strong, resisting attack, and sticking together. That's what it means to stand firm, because it's, he says it's, it's not going to be easy, right? Yeah, I came to set you free, but it's not going to be easy. You are going to want to go back to that yoke of slavery. You're going to go always tempted to go back to your, let those fears rule your life and other things. So just know that standing firm is not easy. This is, a, this is going to be a challenge, okay? Um, and then I think when we, if you remember last week when I was talking about um, that it's, it's faith alone that saves us, right? 
Well, how then do we change the way we act? Okay, so if we're saved by faith and understand how amazing God is and what he did for us, right? We start to change the way we think. Change the way we think. We start to change the way we live and how we do things. And this is where the freedom comes in, guys. You get this freedom because it's a changed thought. It's a changed life because of what Jesus did on the cross. So again, all ties into freedom. One verse I just want to point out because um, I was reading this last week. For, it was Valentine's Day on the 14th. And I was reading in Galatians 5 in kind of preparation for the study. And I just love this verse right here. It's Galatians 5, 6. Paul says, what is important is faith expressing itself in love. So when you go out and you live differently, it's literally that faith expressing itself. And we're called to express it in love for people because when you look at the Bible, I mean, the word love is such a prominent, consistent theme throughout it. So we have this freedom, it's through our faith, and then we start to go out and we start to love people. And then in verses 15, 13 and 14, it says, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Don't you gonna love that everything can be summed up in that? Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, we're just supposed to go out in love, faith expressing itself in love. So and I talked about this in the prior weeks. So much of the word of God is about love. And if we can't get that, we're going to really struggle with freedom. If we can't get that he is all about love, we're not going to be able to experience that freedom. So faith expressing itself in love, love your neighbor as yourself. That's all part of living free. So I want to go on now because this is the part that really gets to me, guys. It's why is it such a struggle? Why is it such a struggle to live free and to live the way we know we want to live? Don't you guys kind of find freedom in the fact that Paul says in Romans 7, you know, I know what I should do and I don't. And I know what I don't want to do and I do it. He had the battle too. This is going to be a constant battle. That's what we were you know, saying that salvation, once you've done it, it's done for good. Freedom, it's constantly repenting, turning, trying, you know, growing so that we can continue to live in freedom. So listen closely, guys. These are some really, really key verses in um, Galatians 5. It's verses 16 through 18. So this is, again, why is this such a struggle? Listen what, I mean, Paul writes here. So I say, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful, sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you, when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So let me, the main thing in here, guys, is can you hear how he's talking about there's two forces at work, all right? Think about this. In you right now, you've got two forces at work. You, If you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, okay? But you also have your sinful nature. Anybody remember these cartoons? Like, there's different ones where they'd have, like, the little angel here and the little devil here, and they're both talking. Anybody ever feel like that's going on in their life? I know for me, I get it a lot where it's like, I know this is what I should do. And I even pray, like, God, 
I want to do this. Help me to be kind. Help me to do whatever. And then I go into the situation. I'm like, how dare you? How did I follow this guy over here instead of this one over here? I remember not too long ago, I was literally going to have a conversation that I knew was going to be a little challenging with one of my sons. I won't say which one right now, but one of my sons. And I was like, God, help me. I, I need your help to say this in a way that I, I let him know what I'm thinking, but I want it to come across with, with love and understanding of what he's going through. And let's just say I was about two minutes into the conversation and this little voice over here was winning and I was not saying it with kindness that I wanted. I, I struggle with that. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes it's like in my heart, I just want to be loving. I want to be kind. I want to say things where people can understand and see my heart. And then I don't. <laughs> it's a battle, guys. And I just feel like we have to realize that it is truly this is a battle zone. It's tough. And, and you know that word sinful nature that you hear? It's really kind of a hard word they say to really put into our English language. The Greek word is sarx, S-A-R-X, sarx, which means flesh. Kind of, you know, just the world, our flesh, the way we live. But I love, I read this as a definition also of it. It is the part of our heart which is not yet renewed by the Spirit. So it gives me hope. What about you? Like, there's a, my heart, the, the Spirit is really trying to con get control of my heart. It, he, I, and I want that. But the sarks or the sinful nature is this part of my heart that still hasn't been changed and renewed and paying attention and listening and obeying the Spirit. But it will, that's my hope. I don't, I, I'm like, oh, come on, I want this. I want to be able to change. And this is really interesting, guys, because you might be thinking, I don't really have a sinful nature. Yes, I've sinned, but I wouldn't say I'm not like, I'm planning out how to kill people. I'm not like going to go lie, you know, like all the time, all of this. I don't really have a sinful nature. Well, how about this one? Here's what the word sinful nature, it's, a, it's called epithumia is the word. And which, which it means is, an over-desire or inordinate desire. And I love this. This is important to process and take in. The main problem our hearts have is not so much the desire for bad things, but our over-desire for good things. You're like, what does that mean? What do you mean an over-desire? So we're talking about the sinful nature that we have. What often happens is we put things, often good things, ahead of God. They become an idol in our life. We have an over-desire for them. We think we need them more than we need God at times. And there's two things I would recommend, guys. There's a great um, book and sermon called Counterfeit Gods by Tim Keller. Awesome. And another one called Gods at War by Kyle Eilman. Two great resources for more information about this, this battle zone and sometimes are um, worshiping idols. No, we're not worshiping a golden calf, but we do have things that we put in front of God. An idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give, seek to give you what only God can give. Anything that is so central and essential to your life that should, that should lose it, your life would feel hardly worth living. So let me just ask you guys, is there anything in your life that at times you turn to before turning to God? 
you know, I think a lot of us, it, it would be food. Uh, you know, you have something going on in your life, you're sad, you're upset, you want comfort from something, and you turn to food. That's an idol. That's an idol then. That is something that we need to go to the Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't want to turn to that anymore. I know that's never going to give me comfort. Help me to put you as my true source of comfort. Help me to understand there is no one or nothing that can give me comfort like you can. And again, it can be something very good. I mean, I turn to my husband or my daughter or my family and I ask them questions when I'm going through things. I want to process. I want to talk to them. I want, I want to be sad with them. But do I believe that they're a better source of comfort than God? You know, the other things, I mean, things that God gave us as a, something that could be good, but it can turn to something bad, can be sex. We can put that more important than following what God says about that. So there's a lot of things, guys. It's what is it, you know, for you that you turn to or put above God at times? It can be your family. It can be your children. It can be your work. I mean, there's so many different things. So it just kind of makes you realize, okay, that's a little bit more about my sinful nature. These are the things that I'm putting ahead of God. And this is why we struggle. Because the spirit and the sinful nature are in this battle. Okay? So we're never going to be completely free from this. The reborn person, so you've heard about like I'm born again. The reborn person still has both sinful desires and godly desires. But we follow what our spirit renewed heart wants. We try to follow what our spirit wants more than our sinful nature. So um, this is a battle, guys, and it's not an easy battle. And if you ask me, it's gonna probably be a battle that I'm gonna be fighting the rest of my life. So freedom is found in Christ when we understand that he loves us, we're wonderful, and that he died on the cross for us. That is awesome. But then we have our own sinful nature that comes in and starts interfering with that, right? So the question is then, how do we move more and more towards living what the Spirit, how the Spirit's telling us to live and staying there? Being able to stay in this place of like, freedom, I've got it, I'm still here. How do we do that? Anybody? I mean, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? But let me just go on to tell you a little bit. I, I love in Philippians 5.22 because it says right there, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit produces. It's, it's something we'll never do on our own. Um, it's, it's part of our sanctification process. We need to turn to the Holy Spirit. We need to listen. And it says when we allow that the, the Spirit to guide us more, it's only then that we're going to start to experience the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you printed out the notes, I hope you'll spend a minute and go through kind of what the word actually means. It, it shows here the Greek meaning, but what those words really mean, because that really changed how I kind of envisioned some of the fruit of the Spirit. And I, and I have to say in particular, I love what it said for self-control. One of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Greek word is like excoratia. I don't know, it's a big word. But it says the ability to pursue the important over the urgent. Isn't that a different way of looking at self-control? So anyway, the ability to, it's, it's so important that we sit back and we say, you know, okay, in the moment, this is what I want. That's the urgent, right? But what's the important? That's a big one, guys, and that is something that we need to, again, we, we need to turn to the Holy Spirit because that's we need help with that. But the cool thing about this, if you look, it says that the Holy Spirit 
This is what the Holy Spirit will produce, the fruit of the Spirit, fruit singular. This kind of comes as a grouping. Now, I know for some of us, we're going to struggle more in one area than another when it comes to, comes to here. It's kind of funny. Um, my daughter and I, and a little bit my husband, we're going to be doing this devotional on the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to be connecting it in with prayer and scripture and workouts and everything else. And so we were kind of talking about who's going to write which section. And I was like, mm, maybe I wouldn't be the best at writing the patient section, I'm just saying. So um, anyway, but it is something that in time, these should all be the, the, the what we're, are kind of bubbling up in us because of the Spirit. Someone who is led by the Spirit doesn't just have tons of patience, but no self-control. That's not true. It's all of these guys. Yes, we need to continue to work on different things, but they all should be coming up. These are all things that we should be shooting for, all nine of these. Not perfectly, but we, this is what we want in our life. We need to really kind of work on getting them all to come up in our life. But here's the deal. I love that it's an agricultural term, fruit, because at Faithful Workouts, we're kind of big about roots and all this kind of stuff, and um, like our retreats are called Faithfully Rooted, because we understand the importance of what's going on kind of under the ground, those root systems. So for fruit to be beautiful and to be having kind of producing this beautiful fruit, it starts with a strong, healthy root system, okay? And that's something, guys, if you want to stay in freedom, live in freedom, live more, listening to the spirit, the voice of the spirit, it takes strong roots, right? And what does that mean? What are strong roots? Well, these roots are what's going to take you kind of down into the love and truth of God and take you, just grounding you into those, those truths. You need that soil that's around you, those roots, to be nourished and full of good fuel. So... The roots are important, guys. And then the other thing is growth takes time, right? For fruit to come, if you think about when you put a, a seed under the dirt, it takes time for those roots to go down deep. It takes time for the plant to come up and then for it to produce fruit. So it's this is not gonna be an overnight experience for most of us. It takes time. Be patient with yourself, but be persistent, okay? Patient and persistent because you, you need to rely on the Spirit, but you also have things that you can do, and that's all, it's all going to take time. So what are some things that can you know, get you to hear that Spirit, the Holy Spirit's voice, louder and louder above the noise of the world? You know, my husband is so big on this, and for good reason, on abiding. The word abiding means to just spend time with God. And abiding can be done in different ways, but abiding is probably the number one thing that will lead to us listening more to the Spirit, blocking out the world of the noise, the, the noise of the world, living in freedom, and abiding different ways you can do it, all right? You can study the Word, just simply going deep into the Greek and the Hebrew and all these different meanings for the words and you know, cross-referencing different parts of the Bible. That's super important, reading that Bible. You can also meditate. Um, just meditating and taking a scripture or taking one of the, like a, a psalm and just reading and saying, God, reveal to me the truth in this. I want to meditate on this. I wanted to kind of process through. I have a, um, one of our yoga videos. I did the verse, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And I just took and I meditated throughout that, um, the yoga flow and I focused on a different word, come. 
Okay, you got an action. You gotta take a step towards them. Come to me. Who? Me. So you can go and you put an emphasis on each different word in that verse. And that's just one technique to meditate on it. Sometimes my husband will go in and work out and he'll put on like one chapter, just a few verses in the Bible and while he's working out, he's gonna play them over and over and over and just allow God to reveal more and more of what he has to say in that verse. So there's meditating on scripture. There is, of course, prayer, guys. We're told over and over to pray, right? Pray, talk to God. You can listen to sermons, you can talk with friends, you can listen to music, you can go outside in nature where you're free from so much of the noise and just, you know, talking to Him. But abiding, spending time with God is so important in this journey. You cannot experience freedom, you cannot come to know God better until you spend time with Him. So, um, that's, it. that's what's really going to lead to freedom. That's what's going to lead to more of the fruit of the Spirit being kind of on, on display in your life is when you do that. That's what's going to change you. Um, in verses 24 and 25, I just want to move on here. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to, his, to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Um, I wanna share those two verses with you because I think this plays into that, again, how do we continue to live in freedom? I told, you know, I'm saying it's listening to the voice, it's, it's, it's abiding with God, but it's also about going and kind of crucifying to the cross or putting on the cross our own sinful natures. And so what has to happen, guys, is you have to know what those are for you. And often we're so busy that we don't spend enough time saying, God, show me. Share, tell me, what is it in me that you find like that I need to be working on? Search me, O Lord, and know my heart and show me anything in me that goes against your best for my life. And then to sit quietly and listen. And one of the things, guys, is so often we focus on just strictly the behavior. You know, I, 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 God help me, I am not loving my husband well. Go deeper, why? It's often not so much what we're doing that we need to really go to God with and ask for help and forgiveness and repent from. It's that reasoning as to why. Why do I do what I do? Okay? And then, um, so that's part of it. It's realizing what it is and then going to God with it in a very open heart. He knows you. He knows everything you've ever done. You can't hide it from him. So go to him and say, God, okay, help me with this. And then in that those two verses, the Galatians uh, verses 24 and 25 I just read, the part that says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That's the other reason, guys, that so many of us are not living in freedom is we're taking our faith and we're putting it in this little compartment over here called church or quiet time or Bible study. No, it says, let him then be involved in every part of our lives. This, to me, is going to make a big difference in your life. It's this fully integrated living. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. When, if you've ever been to one of our retreats, and if you haven't, you should. We're doing two in Colorado, one in June, one in August, and then one in Florida in October. But I'm really big on talking about all these different things that live to like, okay, this is living letting the Spirit lead in every part of my life. It's putting Jesus at the center of everything I'm doing, so everything I do is connected to Him. Um, just a story that I 
we'll never forget, there was a guy named Phil Stevenson, and he was awesome. He was a man on the go. He was running marathons, climbing mountains. He was loving people well. I'd see bump into him places, and he was the kind of guy who said, how are you, and just waited and looked at you for a real answer. He really cared. But his um, daughter talked at his funeral. He died um, unexpectedly of a heart condition. But she said he was like a pendulum. He was always moving, but he was always connected to God. That's that, always connected to the Spirit. Everything you're doing, you're saying, God, come with me here. Come with me here. So again, you want to live in freedom. You want to live in freedom. you got to really try to tune out the world, the noise of the world. you got to tune into the Spirit. You've got to abide. You've got to spend time with God. You've got to ask God, God, what is it in me that you're trying to change? And crucify those go. Put them to the cross. Let Jesus help you with that. And then you have to ask the Spirit to come into every single part of your life. So if you want to live in freedom, this is what's going to happen, happen, okay? So here's some things, guys, that freedom is not about. When you, when you mess up, don't beat yourself up, okay? Don't allow shame and guilt to come in. And there's been something that I've just gotten a lot of peace from lately, and it's this. I say to myself, because I mess up a lot when I say, you know what, I really believe I'm trying to do the best I can given what I have and what I know. I remember when my youngest one, Quinn, went off to college. It's a big day for a mom, right? When your youngest one goes off to college, any anybody out there agreeing with me on that one? And um, he left to go to college, and I started to have this doubt, like, did I do it right? Did I mess up? I know I messed up. Is he, is he gonna be okay? And I just felt like God said to me, did you do the best you could with what you had? Did you rely on me to do the best you could? I did. Okay, I feel peace again. So don't beat yourself up. Understand, you know, sometimes you did the best you could. And then, here's the other thing though, this isn't super like, just passive like, God set me free. You have a role to play. So all those things I just listed out, make, put them into your schedule, make them part of your life. Abiding with God, spending time, that should be like number one on your to-do list tomorrow. How are you gonna spend time with God? Make time for these things, it's an action, okay? So um, if you have the notes there, I just wanted to ask you right now to, if you have your phone, if you have a piece of paper, if you have the notes, I want you to fill in some blanks here for me. This is what I wrote down here. Lord, my heart thinks that I want blank and blank and blank more than I need you. By your spirit, I will reflect on and rest in your love for me and in what you did for me until this thing or things loses its attractive power over my soul. So I want to take a moment. I've said all of this. You know what I'm talking about? You need to go to God. What are some things in your life right now that you are putting ahead of God? Things, and it could also be things that you just know you need help on. That in order for you to live freedom, you need help with people who please. You need, write them down because it's there's something powerful about writing things down. I'm going to give you a minute, just a minute here to write things down. And I'm just going to check and see, Denica, if there's anybody who needs anything, any questions, you just let me know here. What are some things that you have put ahead of God that you right now want to just confess to him on and be set free from? You can think of, write them down, and then I'm just going to go ahead and move on to Galatians 6. 
And I know you might be thinking, well, this is going a little bit longer than usual, but don't worry, this is gonna be kind of quick now. All right, guys, I am just, I, I just want you to know, I'm so glad you're here. You did it, like you're spending time right now, you are abiding, like I hope this is like helping you draw closer to God and you're getting to learn new things about him. So just thumbs up for you coming to this. Maybe you're watching this recorded and that's awesome too, guys. I'm just glad you're here. Like this is something that God has put on my heart, this, this Bible study, and I, even if there was just one of you, I'd be so glad I did it because this is important. This is the kind of stuff, guys, that I hope some of it's coming into here so that you can go on and share this with others. Do you remember that, if you listen to, I think it was in our first one, that so that, remember I asked you, who are your so that's? You might be going, what is she talking about? So that, this is what I mean. You know, um, Paul says, God revealed his son to me so that I can share the gospel message with the Gentiles. I hope that something is being revealed to you today so that you can go and share this with others. All right, let me just go on to Galatians 6 now, but just thanks for being here. Galatians 6, I have four points, and they're strictly based off of the scriptures in here. It's gonna be straightforward, guys. The first point I wanna make is we are told to help Christians get back on God's best path for their life. That is not judgmental if your heart is not coming from a place of I'm better than you or look at you. Don't you wish you were more like me? This is not at all. It's coming. It says, you know, gently and humbly. All right. But here's the verse. It's right. It's, it's the first verse in chapter six. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So please, be, be listening for the Spirit. He might be asking you to reach out with love and gentleness and a humble heart to help somebody to get back onto the path that He has for them. Don't be afraid of it. Don't worry what they're going to think. If you're feeling like the Spirit's asking you to do that, you got to do it, okay? That person you might be just what they're looking for to help them, all right? So that's just point one. Point two, please stop comparing. Oh my goodness, I think, I mean, we all struggle with this, don't we? But I think women especially can really struggle with comparing ourselves to others. And it's in verse four that we're told, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. We are all gifted a little bit differently. And believe me, when I, when I sit here and I said, I can sit, I could beat myself up going, who are you to be leading this Bible study? I mean, listen to this pastor over here, or this person over there. Now they're well-spoken. They know all these different Greek and Hebrew words, and blah, blah, blah. And you can start to compare yourself. But right now, I'm honestly, I'm just trying to do the best I can. I'm, I'm paying attention to the work that I'm to do, but I can't compare myself to others. I think in a way, this can also be those, the voice of the spirit and the voice of the flesh or the sinful nature, or um, it's just that we hear these voices sometimes. Who are you to do this? The spirit says, oh, wait a second, you are my daughter. Don't compare yourself to that person. You're my daughter, the unique, beautiful person I created you to be. Don't compare yourself. They're different. I got something else for them. This is what I have for you. So try guys to understand that we don't wanna compare ourselves, okay? Third point from Galatians 6, do good. 
Okay, you're like, well, that's pretty simple. I'm telling you, it can get frustrating sometimes, right? But here's what it says in verse nine. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. There's been a lot of times sometimes when I've wanted to give up on stuff. God, maybe I misunderstood. You know, do you really want me to be doing this? And you know what? Just don't get tired of doing good. If you feel like God's told you to do something, even when the results aren't the way you would have wrote it, you know, you do something and you think this is how it's going to be received, or these are the results that I'll get if I do good and it doesn't happen, do good. Just continue on. I, I love never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that you everyone can see you're honorable. Like, just don't pay back evil. Just do good. It's just a simple thing. Love, love others as you would want them to love you. The golden rule, that's a great verse right there. And then the last one is in uh, the fourth point is in the 14th verse, okay? And here's kind of how I sum it up. Give credit where credit is due. And here's what I mean. As the verse is, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. I love, love, love that. God, let me never boast on anything. Now, that doesn't mean that I sit here and I'm like, I'm a nobody. I can't do anything good. You know, why would I do that? No, no that's not what it means. It means give credit where credit is due. So I'm just knowing right now, if I've said anything that made sense or you've been moved by it, Thank you, Jesus, right? That is him. It is not me. He's given me, it says even, we can't even take credit for the faith that we have. You know, God came, Jesus came here to rescue us. We can't take credit for it because here's the deal. I know if I was born in, say, maybe a third world country and I wasn't given the, the luxuries that I've had of being able to learn to read and to go to school and all that, I couldn't do any of this. God has given me every single thing I, anything I do that is of value is from him. And, and, I, and I, I really mean that, like, it's him, if that, that's it. And I think when you get that, in a way, it almost builds you up in your confidence. Because, yeah, I, it's so true on my own, I can't do anything, but with him, I can do all things. Everything that we can do, guys, is through his power, right? Not by power nor my might, but by your spirit, I can do these things. You know, it's... Um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Nothing's impossible with God. So let's just give credit where credit's due. Go out, and if people notice something in you, don't take the credit, give credit to God. Let them know right there and then that that's, that's the guy who gets the credit for what you've done, all right? So that's kind of my Galatians 5 and 6, and that really finishes up the rest of the study. And I do hope that you'll spend time thinking about what are those idols, what are those things that you're putting ahead of your relationship with God. I mean, I know I can put faithful workouts, truth be told, I can put this ministry sometimes ahead of it because I get so overwhelmed with, I gotta get emails returning, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And I don't sit down and just say before I start my day, God, give me the fuel, give me the energy, give me what I need from you today, and then dive into it all. So let me know if you have any other questions. And also, could you do this for me? Let me know if there's something you'd like to study whether it's a book in the Bible or a different book. I'd just be curious what people are interested in. All right, so I'm going to close in prayer here. Um, Denica, I'm going to look here and you tell me if there's anything else that I need to know. Um, you just type it on over here. And um, Heavenly Father, 
this has been so fun for me. I mean, it, you know, I've been studying, I've been in your word, but it's just been really fun for me to dig e deeper into your word. And God, I am just so hopeful and I ask your spirit to just be so clear in the hearts and minds of those who are listening that they can be, you're kind of highlighting what it is in their own life that God, you wanted them to hear. What, do, what are the things you want them to work on? Let them know, spirit, that they are so, so, so loved by you. Just get them to um, feel it physically, tangibly, your love, and let this peace that comes over, just come over them with peace, God, and help them to, to live here with freedom, being set free from fear, and that fear plays it out, itself out in so many different ways. God, just help them to be free from all of that. You want us to live fully, and that's why you've given us this message, God, because living fully means that we're living free. So thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for being here with us. And um, I am just so thankful for everyone who's been a part of this study. I love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. So thank you. Thank you, Denica, for your help for um, all of this. And I hope to see you at another Bible study again. Thanks, guys.